Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And John Kelly, the voice of the blues on FS Midwest, joins us now. JK, always good to have you with us. How are you? Doing fine. How are you guys today? Everything's good. On this date, John, in 1964, the Rolling Stones' first U.S. concert tour debuted in Lynn, Massachusetts. Are you a Stones guy? I enjoy their music, absolutely. Yeah, I'm more of a... A Boston and a Kansas guy, Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really popular back in the late 70s, early 80s. But, yeah, I enjoy the Stones. No, that, no question. That's our era, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm totally on board. And it's there were so many bands then that were named after cities or states. There was even a band named Missouri. <laughs> Is that right? I yeah, didn't know that. I don't Chicago. Any of those. Chicago was one of them. Yeah, they were all over the place. John, uh, one year ago today... We were all despondent because the Blues had been smoked in Game 3 by the Bruins, 7-2. to two. And they, they came home and we had all these expectations for the first Stanley Cup Finals game in St. Louis since 1970. Boy, was that a letdown. Yeah, it was a real letdown. And um, if, you, if you remember that game, Randy and Michelle, the Bruins um, feasted on their power play. And their power play was, was awesome during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, after that game, the Blues did a better job, but yeah, it was a big letdown after winning Game 2 in overtime on the goal by Gunnarsson to come home and get blasted in Game 3. But, you know, as we know what happened, the Blues won Game 4 and uh, went on to win the Cup. So they that was the one thing, I think, from last year's playoff run. They were so resilient. I, I know they lost two in a row in the Dallas series games, uh, 4 and 5, but for the most part, they were so resilient. And whenever they put uh, had to, you know, put a bad performance behind them they did that in the next game and that, that's the reason why they won and, and John I know that Jordan Bennington had anytime he had even a slight misstep la- last season would bounce back but when he gives up seven goals in game three I think a lot of fans kind of got a little nervous even though he had a track record of bouncing back they thought "Uh oh is this one of those things that we're going to look back on and the guy who has delivered for the Blues the entire postseason he's going to to falter at the wrong time do you remember if there what the conversations were surrounding Jordan Bennington after that game and uh, if if he was feeling nervous or not that he would ever admit that he was nervous, but if there was any nervous energy surrounding Bennington's performance at that time. Well, you know, I'm not really exactly sure, you know, specific conversations, Michelle, but I believe it was the first time he was pulled uh, as a starting goaltender. And obviously he got lit up pretty good, um, but he, he's so confident and he just puts things behind him. And he, he just has that great ability, like all great athletes do, to, to think in the present and think in the future. So, yeah, I think like the team, he, he was able to park it and, and move on um, because goalies, as we know, just like pitchers in baseball, they're going to have a bad night, and they're, they're alone out there at times. And, you know, sometimes they don't get the help they want. But he, he's so strong mentally, um, and he's such a competitor that 
I, I think that's the big reason why he's had such success. You know, not so quickly, of course. He was 25 years old um, last year as, as a rookie goalie. But, you know, he persisted through the minor leagues for those year after year after year playing in the minors and riding the buses. And so he's very strong mentally, and he, he certainly got by that game pretty quickly. John Kelly, let's spin it forward to now. You and I have both seen a lot of consternation between the NHLPA and the NHL over the years. A couple of lockouts, one that caused a season to be removed. A couple of other seasons were truncated. And the other day, Gary Bettman said that he feels like any the NHL's relationship with the Players Association is better than it's ever been. This is the easiest negotiation that they've ever had. That's something that gives me a lot of hope for the future of the NHL, that especially with Don Fear. I was really concerned when Don Fear took over that union. There appears to be a real partnership here. Yeah, and uh, thank goodness, Randy, because as you said, they certainly have had their disputes. And as you said, they missed the entire season in 0405 in the lockout in 1213. You know, that was, of course, led by Don Fear and, of course, Gary Bettman from the NHL's perspective. But, yeah, that's that's everything, you know, you, you said is, is accurate from what I read is that they're getting along very well. And there's a lot of talk, Randy, that a new CBA extension could come out of this. Now, the, the current CBA was extended last year for a couple of more years, so it, it's not going to expire. But there's some talk that, um, you know, all of this time together – negotiating the, the return to play and they've also been talking about the CBA on and off that there's a chance that we could see an extension so I would love that I would love labor peace and I'm done with it I'm done with lockouts and, <laughs> and, and things like that believe me and I, I'm sure the fans are as well Oh, yeah, I think we all are, John. But on a positive note, I saw some tweets yesterday, this one from Jim Thomas, about how they're laying the ice down this week at Centene in anticipation of the small group workouts by the Blues. So it seems like we're, we're taking those steps. We're getting closer to the Blues reuniting and getting those small workouts together. Yeah, that's, that's a sign. Um, obviously, things you know progress um, the right way. Obviously, we're still a long ways away from for perhaps dropping the puck for the first game. And, you know, unless something bad happens or unforeseen, I don't think there's a question they will. But, you know, that will be next. the next step is phase two. You know, hopefully mid to late June, um, we'll see some players on the ice there. They said they'll limit them to six at a time to begin, and then hopefully camp can begin. Uh, they said, no, no, you know, not before July 11th. So, you know, mid-July, get, get to camp and uh, – after that, hopefully play some hockey. But uh, it's it's really amazing. It's only June 2nd, right? So we still have a long ways to go before we potentially play a game. But obviously it's headed in the right direction. We do. And I think about the players who were, you know, towards the tail end of the season getting ready to go into the playoffs. And this is a close-knit group. And they have their routines together. And they spend a lot of time together. And then all of a sudden everything stopped in their tracks. And they went and retreated home with their families. It's got to be nice for them to reunite just from a, a team standpoint and a chemistry standpoint, even for these small group workouts. Yeah, it's a very close team, as we know. And, and you know, it's a big reason why they – have had so much success in the last 10 years, in particular last season winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's, it's going to be strange because hockey players and really hockey broadcasters and hockey people, they're creatures of habit. Um, on a game day, we, we all do the same thing you know, at the same time every day. As a player, you obviously get to the rink around 9 o'clock for the morning skate. You have a morning skate at 10.30. You go home and you have a, 
uh, a dinner, and then you, you take a nap, come back around four. And I think they're also creatures of habit as far as the calendar year. You know, normally the players, obviously, you know, unless you're in the final, you're off now. And, and then they return to their home cities around mid-August to start to skate. And then they have camp in, in mid-September. But obviously, this is all out the window now with the way uh, the, the setup's going to be. So it'll be interesting to see what team comes back and is in good shape and can play their system and play their game. Because if you're going to have these best-of-five first-round series, uh, play-in series, if you will, and maybe in, in the first round, you better be on your game or you'll be going home really quick. So it'll, it will be interesting because the calendar is, is – obviously off for these players and and they are creatures of habit finally john it's interesting we're lucky because we have access and we get to see the habits that uh, players and people around the sport have and to me one of the most amazing ones and it's kind of cliche is that if you walk in a dressing room inevitably there are people whether it's media or front office people many times players they've got that cup of coffee right you've been around (laughs) since you were a little kid in, in hockey dressing rooms has it always been that way and are you one of those guys yeah, well, I don't drink it in the room, but, uh, yeah, it's it's always a cup of coffee. And um, even, you know, going back a lot of years, Randy, in the 70s, when I was um, going down to the, the rink with my dad on a Saturday morning, you know, a lot of players smoked back then, you know, before practice or after practice. Um, I, I heard that, you know, a lot of guys would smoke between periods. So, thankfully, they don't do that anymore, at least right. my knowledge. Um, yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Coffee is a is obviously a staple of of being a National Hockey League player for sure. No doubt. J.K., always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you.